This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. Of course, you've got big plans for your baby's arrival. You've got a nursery theme to pick out, cribs and strollers and a car seat to choose, not to mention all those teensy tiny outfits to fill baby's drawers with. That is, once you finally decide which dresser makes the cut. But what about your plans for a birth plan? Maybe you already know exactly how you'd like your labor and delivery to go down, down to your music playlist and your preferred guest list. Maybe you're set on some specifics. There's definitely an epidural with your name on it. But you're questioning others. Do I hire a doula? Consider cord blood banking. What is cord blood banking? 
Maybe you're wondering whether there's another C-section in your future or whether you can and should give labor and vaginal birth a try this time. Or maybe you don't have a clue about where to start when it comes to your birthing options or even which options will be open to you or won't be depending on where you're giving birth and who's delivering your baby, as well as whether you'll be bringing any risk factors to your delivery. No matter where you stand on giving birth and whether you'd rather take it lying down or sitting down or on all fours, we've got you. Today, we're deep diving into all the different birthing options so you can pick and choose what's right for you, keeping in mind that even the best laid birth plan is just a plan and that Mother Nature and your baby may have other plans. After all, you can never be exactly sure what to expect during labor and delivery, except for that beautiful baby of yours. I'm here with Emma. Hey, Mom. Well, I was at your birth, but you know, I honestly don't remember if you had birth plan. Yeah. Did you actually? You did? Well, I had a birth plan for both labor deliveries. My only birth plan was epidural. That was my only 100% given. You wrote one word down on a piece of paper? One word down and I was like, done. Epidural. Handed it to the doctors? Yeah. I mean, besides the epidural, I did cord blood banking. I wanted delayed clamping. And Mm -hmm. you were a big part of that. I was like, I need her in the room. So epidural, cord blood, delayed clamping, you, I guess, baby daddy. <laughs> I guess, baby daddy. And my first pregnancy, I wanted to have an extra stitch in my vagina afterwards. So that was actually in your plan? In my head plan. I didn't write a baby book. I didn't do any of it. So honestly, like my birth plan could have been on like a post-it, maybe somewhere around the house. <laughs> but I That would have done you a lot of good. Yeah. I went rogue. I really didn't have a birth plan, I guess per se. Okay. So you just made all of that up. No, but my my epidural was my number one birth plan. I do recall that. So everything went according to plan in that you had an epidural both times. You know what? My goal list was very low. So of course I I met it. I met my my goal. I reached my goal. Your birthing bar. Yeah. My birthing bar was low. No pun intended. Isn't there like really a birthing bar? Yes, there is. But not if you have an epidural. (laughs) But going back to when I delivered you... We didn't have a birth plan. We showed up at the hospital and we were lucky to get the one birthing room because back then they were just starting to design birthing rooms. And so there was one in the entire hospital and we scored it. So we were super excited about that. That was probably the only thing I was super excited about because I did not <laughs> I did not have an epidural. I would be too. That's like that's like gold. It was progress. It wasn't where we are now with hospitals. But yeah, after the pendulum swung from when my mom gave birth and everybody was under general anesthesia, and then the pendulum swung back to all natural all the time. So I, I wasn't given the option of an epidural. I went in there attempting to breathe, but I couldn't remember any of the breathing exercises that we learned in class. So I just whimpered quietly into the pillow. That's you. Oh. But um, what trends have you noticed in terms of birthing options? A lot of my friends actually have had natural births and they cannot relate to my epidural story. One of my girlfriends was like singing while she pushed out her baby naturally. It was like this oh. beautiful experience. My other girlfriend has had two natural births, and then she couldn't have any more babies herself. 
So she had a surrogate. That's a trend. Doulas are a huge thing right now. I didn't have a doula. I kind of regret that. You were my doula. (laughs) Yes. But I think no matter how you go in there, I think it's a beautiful experience. Giving You're giving life. So even if you end up having a C-section or you succumb to the pressures and have an epidural like me, (laughs) or you give birth naturally singing. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as it gets done. (laughs) It's still going to be a beautiful experience. When we come back, I am answering the biggest questions you have about birth options and making a birth plan. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second-grade teacher and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. (laughs) Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. (laughs) Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. 
my simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Okay, Mom, let's break down the biggest questions our listeners have when it comes to making birth choices. First things first, why make a birth plan in the first place? Well, listen, you definitely don't have to have a birth plan to give birth, and plenty of parents don't have one, and of course, (laughs) they still give birth. That said, even if you don't end up with an official document or even a post-it like you, it's a good idea to explore all your birthing options and have at least a general idea of how you'd like things to go in your best of all possible birth scenarios. And then you can talk over, you know, what's essentially a wish list with your OB or your midwife and kind of use it as a springboard for conversation and discuss what's probably possible, what's possibly possible, what isn't possible at all based on hospital protocol and doctor policy. So for instance, if you're walking in expecting to have your delivery videotaped because that was in your birth plan, that can lead to disappointment if you walk in and you find out that the hospital or the doctor doesn't allow video. And, you know, the same thing if you expect a birthing ball to be provided, but then you find out it's a BYOB, you know, bring your own ball kind of hospital. So again, it's use the plan as a springboard for conversation ahead of time, but definitely not as a spring it on your doctor or midwife at the last minute kind of conversation at delivery. That's totally what I would have done. Where's my ball? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. I have some friends who gave birth at home, bravo, and everything went well. I never considered any place but a hospital. And what about birthing centers? So there has been an increased interest in home births. It's kind of a backlash against that surge in C-sections that we've had. Many of them are preventable. And what some like to call the over-medicalization of birth. And, you know, I get it. I get it. Hospitals are considered places where people go when they're sick. They go for treatment. They're places with all kinds of regulations and all kinds of policies. Although the labor and delivery department is by far the happiest place in any hospital, and it's certainly my happy place, especially in the time of COVID, that concern has been driving some moms away from hospital births and into home births, and particularly with more restrictions in hospitals due to COVID concerns, like limits on who can be with a mom when she's in labor and delivery. For those who favor a home birth, the biggest benefit is obvious. Home is where the heart is. It's cozy. It's familiar. It's comforting. You get to decide who's with you at the birth. You get to set the policies. And as long as everything goes according to plan, you get to do it your way, start to finish, labor in a tub, birth in a tub, eat and drink what you want, move around anywhere you want to, and welcome your baby into your arms at home. And that's a beautiful moment. And that's usually how it goes down in a planned home birth, especially if your pregnancy fits neatly into the low-risk category. So no high blood pressure, no previous C-section, baby's not preterm or breech. 
But, you know, even even a low-risk birth doesn't always go according to plan, and complications can come up that suddenly require medical intervention, like an emergency C-section. And that can put a baby and a mom who are at home and not in a hospital setting at risk. And it's because of those risks that ACOG, you know, American College of OBGYNs, really does recommend very strongly against home births. And even during a pandemic, actually, especially during a pandemic, since hospitals can take more of those safety precautions to protect you and your baby than you could take at home. And they do. So if you are even thinking about a home birth, first make sure that you fit that low risk profile and also that you can find a certified nurse midwife who does home births and is backed up by a consulting physician. And that alone isn't so easy because certified nurse midwives, most of them do all of their deliveries in hospitals actually. You also need to make sure that transportation is going to be available in case you need a very fast ride to a hospital that's hopefully very, very nearby. And especially during a pandemic when emergency response is stretched so thin and maybe when you don't necessarily want to roll up to the hospital at the emergency department entrance instead of the labor and delivery department. Now, a good compromise are accredited birth centers. If you're low risk, you prefer to play it safer since you'll get the low tech birth, you know, a more relaxed and comfortable environment than a hospital provides. You'll be delivered by a midwife in a tub if you want to, because hospitals for the most part don't do, some will, but most don't do water births, uh, though you can often labor in a tub in a hospital. What you're not going to get is an epidural if you end up wanting one or you end up needing one. And you'll still need to be transported if there's an emergency. But also you've got to remember that depending on what's on your birth plan, you might be able to get everything you want or at least most of what you're looking for in a hospital birth also. And that's especially true if you choose a midwife to deliver your baby. Plus, you'll have the security of knowing that you've got your medical bases covered and your baby's medical bases covered just in case. Okay, but what exactly should a birth plan include? Well, it depends on you. If you're only going to have enough things to fit on a post-it, well, then that me, that me. (laughs) But they can be encyclopedic and people take them very, very seriously. And they should, if that's what they want, absolutely everything spelled out in micro detail. They can also be super laid back, just a few key bullet points. But you need to put in what's important to you or what feels important to you now, understanding that things could change. So having a doula and your partner there, plus other guests, if they're allowed, being able to eat if you're hungry, going unmedicated or signing up for the epidural, having a birthing bar or a birthing stool or a chair using warm compresses and perineal massage to help facilitate labor and delivery and avoiding an episiotomy or a catheter or an IV, delayed cord clamping, cord blood collection, having dad cut the cord or even catching the baby. Now, the option of trying for a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean, instead of opting for a scheduled repeat C-section is something that's more available than ever. And lots of moms are having successful VBACs. 
or having a gentle C-section. That's something that's new or newer. So for instance, the lights might be lower, soft music, a clear drape, and any monitors and equipment's going to be strategically placed on one side so that you'll be able to do skin to skin immediately after the baby arrives and even breastfeed right away as long as there's no emergency. And of course, you can also add any special requests about the placenta, like seeing it or saving it. Okay, for what? Some moms end up popping it, so they have it made into... Wait, popping it? As in a capsule. They have it made into drops or into capsules, and that's called placental encapsulation. Yes, a lot of people I know have done that. People swear by it. So those who do it, they say that it improves your postpartum mood and it boosts your energy and it helps with milk supply. And there's no scientific evidence that it does any of those, though there definitely could be a placebo effect. But there is some concern about bacterial contamination. So it's a conversation to have with your provider ahead of time. You know, food for thought. And yes, some moms do eat it. Or bring it home to bury. I have actually seen that done a lot in Africa. In fact, in one African village we were in, moms weren't coming to the clinic. And the clinic realized it was because they were afraid the placenta would be taken away from them so they wouldn't be able to bury it. Fun fact, after I gave birth to Sebastian, Lennox came in the room and he was like amazed by my placenta that was just sitting in a bucket and my OB let him put on gloves and touch it. It's an incredible organ. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you, here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. 
I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Okay, so when do you think moms need to be more flexible with their birth plan? Always. You can't engrave it in stone or even in Sharpie Mm -hmm. when you post it. (laughs) You know, flexibility is the most important feature of a good birth plan and not just the flexibility that you need to twist yourself into those preferred pushing positions, but flexibility in your plan. Because remember, chances are good that everything's going to go according to plan. You know, if your plan is realistic and it was approved by your provider, but you cannot predict how your labor is going to progress or not progress and whether you'll end up needing a procedure that you were hoping to avoid or you end up wanting one. Like, let's say you were dead set against having an epidural and then somewhere around six centimeters, you become dead set on having one. That can happen too. Yes, I know a lot of people that has happened too. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) No, of course it's not. Of course. You can change your birth plan in the middle and you're still going to give birth. So Exactly. And that's why flexibility is so key. Okay. So what about cord blood clamping, banking, collection? What do we need to know about this? Because this is something that I did with both of my pregnancies and I'm really glad I did. But I do remember doing delayed clamping. Is that part of it? Yes, you can actually do the delayed clamping plus the cord blood collection. So clamping is a given. I mean, you're you're not going to bring your baby home with the cord and the placenta attached. So for the record, that is a thing, and it's called a lotus birth. You leave the cord and placenta attached to the baby until it falls off naturally, and it's really not medically recommended at all. So it's probably something you should not add to your birth plan. But delayed cord clamping for a few minutes to allow for a baby to soak up the most benefits possible from that blood-rich cord before it's cut is something you should talk to your doctor or midwife about ahead of time. It's recommended by WHO and is done routinely in a lot of hospitals and by a lot of doctors and midwives, but absolutely talk this over ahead of time and specify what your wishes are about delaying cord blood clamping. Now, as for cord blood collection and banking, that is something you definitely cannot walk, I guess I should say waddle into the labor and delivery for and request at the last minute. You're going to need to plan ahead, even if you don't have an official birth plan. So first of all, you might be wondering what exactly is in cord blood that makes it special enough to save. And in fact, there's a lot in that cord blood. It's packed with stem cells. These include cells with the incredible capacity to be turned into any other kind of blood and immune cells. So cord blood cells, and you can also collect and store placental blood and tissue, which contain 
even more stem cells, is already being used in the treatment of blood diseases like leukemia and sickle cell anemia, uh, as well as some immune cell disorders. But there's way more potential in those cells, and researchers are looking into them as treatment for autism, cerebral palsy, and many, many other conditions. Right now, there are two kinds of banking, private, which you have collected and stored at your own expense, but you have access to if your baby or someone else in your family ends up needing it, and public, which you don't pay for and you don't control. So once it's collected, it goes to a public bank, just like blood does, or used by whoever ends up needing it. It's important to have this conversation with your doctor or midwife really early because you're going to have to have all your cord blood duckies in a row by 34 weeks, the latest, and that includes signing up. My take on this, the AAP's take on this and ACOG's, cord blood is a terrible thing to waste. So instead of tossing it, which happens in the case of, of most cords, consider banking it. If cost is not an object, you can bank it privately. So you can think of it as insurance. You're probably never going to end up tapping into it, but it's there just in case. If cost is a concern, and it is a pricey proposition, especially because you have yearly storage fees stacked on, definitely go for the public option. I mean, someone, maybe even your own little one one day, might benefit from those cells, and the medical waste bin definitely will not benefit from them. Also siblings, too, right? Yes, potentially siblings. It's really an amazing thing. I'm really glad I did it. I'm really a fan of the public option just because you know, then it's accessible to everyone. And hopefully that would mean that more families would do it and we'd have more cord blood to to tap from. What childbirth classes should parents to be look into? I mean, we didn't do it because I knew I wanted an epidural and that's it. Okay. So number one, you you did and every mom and dad should take a baby CPR class. That's super important, no matter what you decide to do in childbirth. But, you know, I I always suggest taking childbirth education classes, even if you're pretty positive that you have zero interest in breathing your way through labor and delivery. And that's because a good class is going to teach you plenty more than natural childbirth techniques, no matter how you end up delivering, including by C-section or with an epidural. And plus, if the classes are offered through your hospital or your provider, then they're going to give you a much more accurate idea of what you're going to expect at your delivery. And there are tons of, you know, different techniques to choose from. There's Lamaze, there's Bradley. You can take any of them online or on Zoom. But I actually happen, I never have done it myself, but I've heard such amazing things from moms. I'm a huge fan of hypnobirthing, Yeah, which it sounds very Vegas, but it's not like you know, you go into a, a trance and bark like a dog or something. If only. Yeah. You, it's just that you learn how to put yourself into a deep state of relaxation and it's self-hypnosis so that you can at least to some extent block out the pain. And for some moms, it's incredibly effective. They can block out all of the pain. For some, it's just getting super relaxed. And it really, it's something you can learn in class and then put to good use much later on when you have a newborn and you really need to find your your mom ohm yeah. when the baby's crying and you're on your third diaper blowout of the morning and the washing machine is on the blink, you know, that kind of day. <laughs> we all have them. Okay, so Simon cut Sebi's cord, but he didn't catch him. Is that something that dads really do? They seem so slippery and gooey. Dads can and often do cut the cord, keeping in mind that A, 
in case he's worried, it doesn't hurt the mom or the baby to cut the cord. And B, cords are way tougher to cut through than you'd think. And C, if there's a complication, you know, he might get cut out of the deal entirely. But as far as dad actually catching the baby as the baby's born, it's done more at home births than in hospitals. But when it's done in a hospital, it's called the three-handed catch. It's more of a symbolic catch. So dad lends a helping gloved hand to the doctor or midwives, capable and trained to gloved hands. And it's nice too, because it, you know, without adding too much responsibility, dad gets to participate in the birth. And yeah, babies are slippery. What about doulas? You know, honestly, I'm not sure I could have fit one in my room because I literally had everyone in there. But a lot of my friends have doulas and a lot of people I've talked to on social have had doulas or are planning on having doulas. Doulas are amazing. Yeah, I am a huge doula fan. And if I had my way, and hopefully one day I will, any mom who wanted a doula would be provided a doula and it would be covered by insurance. So moms who needed that support most, like single moms or military moms, would definitely get it. And doula is a concept that dates back to the days of ancient Greece, but it has for sure made a comeback. A doula is your designated support person. She and sometimes see there are a few male doulas out there, is by your side the entire time you're in labor, even before you head to the hospital. She does not take the place of your partner and your coach. She's more of a supportive supplement. She's there to give you soothing massages, to get you into more comfortable positions, to comfort you, to cheer you on, and plus answer any questions you have when there's no doctor or nurse around because often they're definitely not going to be in the room all the time like she is, and also advocate for you when you're too exhausted or you're too overwhelmed to speak up for yourself. And she's going to help guide you when it's time to push, and she's going to help you get started on breastfeeding. And she can even stick around postpartum. There are postpartum doulas, and that's when you're probably going to need the support just as much, if not more. What a doula won't do is deliver your baby. She'll leave that to the medical professionals. And We are going to talk more about doulas later on in the episode. My gosh, I want a doula in life just to like guide me through. Okay, now can we speak my language here? Epidural. You know my opinion. Pro-epidural. But what's your opinion here? I think you know this, but my opinion is it's your decision. A hundred percent your decision. A thousand percent your decision. Assuming there's no medical reason why you need to have an epidural or any other form of anesthesia, your opinion is the only one that matters. Nobody else gets to vote. I know it's a hot button issue and I don't want to push anyone's buttons out there because that is so not what we do here on What to Expect. Right, Emma? No, we don't. But I do firmly believe it's your body, your birth, and your choice. And epidurals are safe. You know, they're mostly effective. They don't sedate the baby. They don't slow down your labor, though they might possibly slow down when it comes to pushing. You might be pushing a little bit longer. But you can have one anytime you'd like during labor once you get to the hospital, of course. Can't do that at home. And as soon as you can get an anesthesiologist. But, you know, you may have heard that having an epidural increases your risk of a C-section, but it, it doesn't. And what you won't be able to do if you have an epidural is have 
flexibility in your labor and delivery position since you won't be mobile. You're not going to be able to walk around. Even if you have the so-called walking epidural, you're going to be hooked up to a monitor and an IV and probably a catheter. And so you'll have to stay mostly in bed. But the bottom line is, if you'd like your bottom line to be as pain-free as possible during labor and delivery, you can feel good or even great about checking epidural please on your birth plan. I mean, on the other hand, you can feel just as good about checking unmedicated please if that's your labor and delivery best case. That's the birth you've always dreamed of. And you can always change your mind in the moment if you decide you want an epidural or you decide I don't need one after all. Everything's going pretty quickly. I can handle this either way. Here's the thing though. Any labor and delivery that results in a healthy baby and a healthy mom is a success. That's whether it's medicated or unmedicated, vaginal or cesarean, and don't let anyone, anyone tell you otherwise. Here's to stressing less and enjoying those last weeks before baby's arrival more. You can do this, mama. And as we always say, Emma, if you can do it, anybody can do it, right? You know, that's really true because, like, honestly, I think the bottom line is that you can't let anyone decide for you, not the peanut gallery, not even baby daddy. If he's like, no epidural, you say, yes, epidural, you win. And just have a beautiful labor and delivery. You got this, right? Absolutely. for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the what to expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't you stay, need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, 
Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> Ooh. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh. Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.